friends. Hello, friends. How's it going? It's me, you know, Mark. <laughs> and Janae. And this is M and J. Are, Are you okay? okay? The podcast. Spooky edition. Spooky Welcome edition. to our Halloween episode. Hello, yes. I mean, technically this is this will be out like two days before Halloween. But just but pretend. You know. Pretend. Just listen to it and just pretend it's Halloween. Or, you know, uh, you could always just wait on Halloween, which is what? Saturday? Yeah, you know. Or. 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 You listen to it when it first comes out. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh. Then. And then. Listen again. Again. And it'll be like you're at a Halloween, like, party. Yeah. Since Halloween parties are canceled. Uh-huh. Halloween's canceled. Well, hopefully. Um, just play it. You know. At home with you and your, and and, and you and, and you and, and you because we are in a <laughs> pandemic, so no one else but you by and yourself. It'll be like your spooky party. Spooky party. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm so far away from my usual spot of where I'm usually sitting. Where are you usually sitting? I don't know. We had to change it up. We had to get Ooh, you out of your element for, for the spooky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the gist of the podcast. We're just gonna say spooky all, like that all a couple time. times. <laughs> For the next hour. Yeah. That's just it. Just spooky. <laughs> I mean, but I, did you have something you want to start with? Oh, did you have something? Because I had something, but if it's not that thing, then yes, I want to start with something. It's not that thing. Okay, then you go. No, you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like to keep you on your toes. Uh, all right. Well... But if it's a game, we can start with my thing. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Too Damn it, too late. late. I conceded it too quick. <laughs> too late. <clears throat> All right, friends, it's time to play. Uh, well, it's time to play a game, which is Janae's favorite thing to do. Jesus. And I call this one <clears throat> Ring, Ring, Ring. Yes, say hello. Hello. Do you like scary movies? I fucking. I, <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> That was the, that's not a title. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's called Do You Like Scary Movies? Oh, no. But I want to do the ring, ring, ring. Hello. Do you like scary movies? Technically. It was the, a whole conversation. The line is, what's your favorite scary movie? Uh-uh. I'm pretty sure it says, do you like scary movies? And then she says, yeah. And then he goes, what's your favorite scary movie? And then she goes, well, I don't really have one or something like that. And he's like, well, you got to have a favorite movie. No. I literally watched it before I made this title up. No, you didn't. All right, so for this game, I will give you the horror movie, or um, just to give you a heads up, these are all slashers. Okay. Because it's literally the only scary movies I watch are are slashers. This is not fair. This is not fair. How are we going to go off of just movies you've seen? No, I'm sure you've seen these. I'm just saying that they're not going to be like your typical, probably the ones that you've seen or whatever. That uh, you normally watch. Say that, that again. Watch, say that again. That you normally I watch. I mean, they're, you've probably seen them, but they're not going to be the ones that you <laughs> like usually watch or might have have seen. <laughs> oh, whatever. So, for this game, I'm going to name um, the name of the movie, and uh-huh. then you just tell me the killer. So like spoiler alert. I mean, these movies are pretty dated. So if you haven't seen it, I'm I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Wow, friends, I'm so sorry for him. <laughs> I'll be sorry for him and sorry for me because oh. I appreciate you and I feel bad if the movie gets spoiled for you, no matter how old it is. Anyway, 
All right. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. First one. Okay. Dress to kill. Dress to kill? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never seen that. Have seen Dress to Kill? We are already on. <laughs> you already said, these are movies that I've seen. And you're like, oh, you've never seen that? Oh, my gosh. Well, no. I mean, I figured these are also movies you've seen. I know. I've never seen Dress to Kill. I don't know what that is. Well, Dress to Kill, um, actually, well, the killer's name is Dr. Robert Elliott. He went by Bobby watch the movie okay well don't <laughs> spoil it for me now if i say i haven't seen it now i'll never watch it you, you were never going to watch it anyway. i was going to it was on my list really no okay i don't even know if it's a real movie it sounds like you just made it up okay next one <laughs> halloween halloween who's, who's the killer who's the killer mm-hmm. michael meyer that one's easy yeah psycho psycho mm-hmm Who's the killer? Mm-hmm. Norman Bates. Cool, we got that one. These are some of these are easy, clearly except for the first one since you didn't get that one. Because that movie doesn't exist. <laughs> All right, also definitely easy one, but you get two points if you give me the actual name of the person. Scream. Scream. Mm-hmm. Who's the killer or the Both. killers? Uh, <laughs> the main killer. And the name of the actual, the, the, enti- well, not the entity, but the, the- No, I can give you their names. Billy and Stu are the killers. You mean the Ghostface guy? Yes, that's what I was okay. looking for, Ghostface. And the, the Ghost, Ghostface Billy. isn't the killer, it's Billy and Stu. Well- Billy Loomis and Stu, yes, last name. but I mean, I meant like the, the persona. That's not the killer though. Didn't Billy put the ghost face mask on? Do they call do they call that thing ghost face or do they call it ghost face in scary movie? Well, whatever. I don't think they ever I think so. When I looked it up, it said that um that's what they it was like highlighted as uh Billy Loomis was ghost face. I don't think they ever mentioned the name Ghostface. I don't know. In, in the movie, movie, maybe not, but when I looked it up. Okay. okay. Well we're talking about the movie. <laughs> All I've seen is the movie. That, I don't know if they ever call it Ghostface or not. I don't I know. I don't think they ever like sit there. Maybe just, like, like in the second or third people. one. Well, we're talking about Scream. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're off to a start. <laughs> All right. Next one. You're next. I don't think I've ever watched that. You're you're next. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I've watched that. Okay, well. I don't even know what that is. Can you describe what movie that is? It's um I actually have never seen this movie either. I've seen previews of it. Um Yeah, I've n- I don't think I've watched that movie. But I just know that the killer in this called Fox Mask is what they they named the killer in the movie Fox Mask. Yep, another movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, next one, Sleepaway Camp. Mark, I haven't. <laughs> you are naming oh so many gosh. movies I've never seen. I don't okay, watch I've slasher seen Sleepaway movies. Camp. Sleepaway Camp. Uh, I don't know. Well, the killer was Angela Bart Baker, played oh. by Felicia Rose. Okay. All right. Anyway, next one. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> fucking, I don't know his name. <laughs> Windslicker. Oh, it's the sister, isn't it? Mm-mm. Is it the sister? Not in the first one. No, it's not. They think it is for a little bit, yeah. and it's not. It's the dude that they hit with the car, or it's the son. It's. I think it's the son. I think it was. It's the son, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But they the killer goes by Fisherman, but oh, you want the titles of these. People? But the person's name was Ben Willis. Oh, I don't remember. 
I hate. We already talked about how much I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why I picked it on purpose. God. All right. Next one is um Happy Death Day. I was about to be like, I don't know what the fuck. Happy Death Day. I don't know her name. Um, the killer is her roommate, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't know their name. Lori. Lori. And then the uh, the killer ba- name is Babyface Killer. I don't. <laughs> who <laughs> comes up with these? These I don't, I don't ever hear like a title of these killers. It's just like <laughs> someone's killing in these movies. And the last one, My Bloody Valentine, which I do not like this movie. My Bloody Valentine. Okay, so the only one I've seen is like the newer one yeah. with Jensen Ackles, uh-huh. and he's the killer. Sure. Do you know the name? Jensen Ackles' character. <laughs> he's the killer. And no, why the fuck would I? He has Mark once again. <laughs> why would I know if 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 their name is not in the title of the movie? I have no idea. <laughs> I was gonna pick. What was I was gonna pick when I was like, oh, Candyman. Oh wait, no, that's too easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but would have been more fun for me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the name is the the killer's name is the minor, Jensen Ackles. Um, his character's name was Harry Warden. And I think he, like, we had, like, a split personality, right? Yeah. And he It's really quite a, quite a stupid movie. I think I saw that movie in the movie theater, actually. We were like... Oh, wait, we did see that movie in the movie theater. Oh, you fucking we? suck. Yeah, we saw it in the theater. Because, like, it, it gets to the end. The whole time... Okay, so this movie, I thought we were sitting... My Bloody Valentine, don't watch it. He, um... I think it was in 3D, too. Yes, it, it was. It was in 3D. It like, was. But in bad 3D from, like, 10 years ago. Because it was pointless it was really bad yeah it was one of those it, it was unnecessary 3d and he i think he goes back to his hometown and someone mm-hmm. he knows or the girl he's been talking to ends up murdered mm-hmm. and then all these people end up murdered and does he he rips their hearts out right or something like that he has a a, a minor a pick yeah he has pipe, a pickaxe pipe, and pickaxe. He, so i think he I thinks, picks thinks, I axes think so. people's hearts out yeah and then the whole time he's like trying to figure out who the killer is and i think he he like ends up do they show him blacking out yes okay they show him blacking out and then he like wakes up i guess at the scenes of the crime and mm-hmm. he's like what the fuck i was just blacking out but no one's like well well you're kind of suspicious that you that are kind of sus every time very sus <laughs> fucking yellow very is sus, sus right now <laughs> yellow really <is> sus, sus. <laughs> but um yeah for some reason they're not like okay that sounds like you and then the end revelation he just it he turns into the other yeah personality while he's awake. at the end of the movie yeah and, and then... he's just he, and he still kills somebody i think you know what i mean yeah i don't yeah. think he gets caught or do they kill i don't know it's a bad movie don't yeah, watch it really bad <laughs> it wasn't great it just the, it was just annoying that the whole time you're looking for the killer and, and he's actually the killer and he's the only character in the I movie also, right which <laughs> like, is why it was very no easy to guess other character there's the no one was. we care about in the film where At i always all. care about him and it's like oh <laughs> well he's the main character and the killer cool, cool. did i pay to go see this movie roll credits <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, thank you for playing Do You Like Scary Movies? Uh, next time, can you choose movies I've seen? <laughs> or movies you've seen? <laughs> I've only haven't seen two movies on this list. Same. Um, I, I don't, I think you've seen less. Yeah, all those are bad movies. <laughs> I mean, they're not, I didn't say they were good. <laughs> I watched Punk 
scary movies where there's slashers. I don't watch the yeah. other scary movies that you watch. Yeah, I, I want... I, I want to be devastated <laughs> right. by <a> movie. <laughs> I want to go... And this is probably why for the longest time I did not like scary movies because I was like, what the... What, these are horrible. <laughs> well, what a lovely time. So I won that game, right? No, I don't think you did. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I really don't think you did. Whatever. <laughs> All right, so what was the thing that you had? Oh, I was just... We have been requested to talk about Lovecraft Country because we, we weren't able we were. to, to talk about it last week no. because I hadn't watched it yet. But the, the finale of Lovecraft Country oh. came on. And it was it was a lot. It was a lot. There was a lot going on. It was a, it was a good, I think, wrap-up for the mm-hmm. whole season. Mm-hmm. And... Anyone who hasn't seen it yet, it's it, we gave you two weeks. Yeah, so. come on. <laughs> we gave you a long we're time. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it a little bit. And yeah, I have I, I wrote extensive notes. I'll show Mark oh, wow. my, my notes that I wrote. And okay, so I did like it. I will start mm-hmm. by saying I, mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy it. I liked the series as a whole. Right, right. Like I thought it was very... Very well made. Like, from the beginning where, I don't know, they kind of lost me a little bit. They got me back in these last couple episodes. They're pretty compelling. And, like, the the finale, my first, even though I did like it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my my first response to it that I wrote down after watching it was, was this just an expensive episode of Teen Wolf? (laughs) Explain. Because Shut it felt, up. it felt that like, it, and, okay, and if you don't know what, okay. what Teen Wolf, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the, the MTV series, Teen Wolf. I, that, I can see. That. I can see why Dabbled in that. these, it dabbled in the mythologies, lore. had very similar like yeah. lore and mythologies and was kind of, kind of a, a low budget mess. It yes. was very fun, but oh, a, it was I a low budget. Teen Wolf. Mess. Complete mess. And then and the writing was so convoluted. It was terrible. Oh, so but they would just kind of they would they would do do all these twists and turns yeah. throughout the season and build up Something. to this complete finale and then they would they would get there yeah. and they they're written completely into a corner and then they would just go uh, uh, I was just gonna do do everything and, and throw, right. throw it all together. There, it makes Paris is synergy. It just would do shit, and you're just like, uh huh. Like what? Was that a little? Maybe a little rush? Like why didn't y'all? Why oh, just spend always, especially when it time. got to the end of the season, or because like it would each season would break up into two. Yeah. And so the end of like especially the end of the first part of the seasons usually felt so rushed. Yeah. And then the ending of the season was just even worse. <laughs> it was yeah, just it's like, like, what is What happening? did I just they would all, wait to the watch middle, a whole year The for? middle bit of episodes would just be, like, so fun and yeah. so good. And then every time... You get to the they end. Would, they would stick a landing, but yeah. it was not the landing you thought. No. But, okay, so in that, I I felt a little bit that they rushed some things. Mm-hmm. I agree. In this, in this finale, like, the whole... I, I had a I had a question where um do you think they could have stretched out Christina being the villain because they kind of or just expanded on that a little mm. bit more because they kind of mm. they're getting a second season right oh definitely okay so so this ending almost made me feel like they didn't know they were getting a second season so they wanted to wrap everything uh, okay in a bow yeah so like yeah I get okay, that okay so so going with with what the plot of the episode was basically. 
Uh, well, so the episode starts with them getting back from uh, after after oh, they, from nineteen twenty after they get back from nineteen twenty yeah um and then they um do the uh they they bring the book back to um uh, to the home so they, so can, they can cure D D and then uh, instantly <laughs> once they open the well well so first Tick says a spell to open up the book mm-hmm. and then they end up falling him. And uh, Letty. Letty ended up falling to a coma or whatever, or passing out. They rather. pass out. I would just say pass out. And then they both get transported into... To Ancestorland? I just, guess. The they did realm. set up a lot of... The, like, the whole the whole season, they're trying to get this book and, like, trying yeah. to get a handle on, like, magic. Yeah. Because, because Christina is beating their ass. Yeah. Christina's, like, every the main turn. antagonist. And she's very much... She's just trying to complete her goal so she yeah. can become immortal. She's super powerful. Mm-hmm. And they're just... Every time they try to get one up on her, she's like, Never. no, y'all fucking suck. Nope. Y'all are the worst. And then in this episode suddenly not sudden because it has taken a while for them to, to actually you know, get the book to get there it just felt because everything happened in this episode it felt like oh so the whole time y'all could have went to fucking ancestor land if y'all were just studying the book more right like in this episode they basically okay so they pass out after yeah. doing the spell and goes... they're transported to this to this place where letty speaks with um the, the, the great great grandmother mm-hmm. that she had encountered when they went back she in was time. Burned, the one that's burned. Yeah, and then Tick um, goes talks to his mother. Encounters his his mother who mm-hmm. he, who he thought was dead or is, mm-hmm. was had died. Right. And I guess they they let him talk to his mother so he can cry a little bit more. I know. Because Tick he is crawled a, up is into a ball a and laid on her lap. <laughs> he just and it's just I think it was very just telling of like Tick is still just a child. He's a child. Yeah, he's had a, he's had a rough go. Yeah. He's had a rough go. And I I have some <laughs> comments about Tick where Okay, okay. So whatever. So they go to Ancestorland. Mm. And like the ancestors are like, "Hey, will you Basically. You need to do this yeah. this spell where Tick will have to be sacrificed, yeah. but it's for the good of everyone. Yeah. And we're going to give you all the tools to do that. And they just, in one fell swoop, just kind of tell them mm-hmm. everything they need to know to do this spell that ultimately will... Ultimately, it makes it so that white people cannot can no longer do magic. Only only yeah. people of color can do magic. You don't really... Show. You don't really... Uh, find, find that out until the end yeah, of the episode, that's the, that's but that's the, ultimately what it is. That was the goal, and it's and it's to take magic away from white people. Yeah, and it's one of the one of the ancestors who was um Isak's grand great great grandmother. I don't know one one of her. Uh, the one that originally the took the, the one who's pregnant, the one who created the spell. I think that's his great great. It's like three times, four oh. times grand grandmother okay because the one was... that was burning i think is the three time no maybe she's four time i don't know she's i know she's younger Just... than the other one because the yeah. other one she was a, she was a... Cause I... the other one was a slave she, yeah, she yeah. was actually a slave yeah. and uh so she is the one who created the spell and she's been kind of harnessing this magic yeah. in this ancestral plane she explains waiting that to for them. tick mm-hmm. to get there oh, and finally she gives him Shit. The... that's who she sees that's what he sees first is her before he talks to the grandmother. I mean, his yeah, mom. Yeah, that's who he sees yeah, first. Yeah, he sees but her, he, her first. All of this happens in this yeah. ancestral plane. Yeah. And she's like, hey, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to die. But, yeah, but, you're going to have to. But this is a spell that'll help all of us. It'll help. Yeah, the generations, your son. Yeah. All that. So they they come away with this with this spell mm-hmm. and, and, and also the spell to save Dee's mm-hmm. life, basically. So they wake back up help her out mm-hmm. and he's okay except for a little bum arm mm-hmm. and then um 
Her arm looked her arm looked horrible. Gross. <laughs> it was gross. The effect was great. But yeah, it was. It was, so it was like, oh my god, like, oh, oh, it's dead. Poor thing. Oh, it's dead. And then, um, so they come back and like you can tell Letty and Ticker kind of yeah. holding a holding a secret in because they yeah. know what needs to be done. Yeah, exactly. But like our our favorite character Montrose, oh. they which I'm so surprised, and I think I wrote it down. Um, let me see. Are you surprised with how much Montrose didn't fuck up in the finale? Um, Is it only yeah. because they stopped inviting him on important missions? Exactly. Literally, <laughs> they go through a whole montage, which I do, and that's the part for me that felt rushed. It's like they went through a whole montage of them just knowing how to do all this stuff yeah. and getting all these materials to go to the basement of Letty's uh, uh, house to do the spell to bring back... Um, um, what was, what's the, uh... Oh, to bring back, uh, Titus. Uh, Titus. And then bring back all the ancestors. Well, yeah. the three ancestors to help take away, get Titus's flesh or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they needed a piece of, they, for the spell, the, the ultimate yeah. spell that they're gonna do, they need, they need a piece of... Titus. Cri- Titus's flesh. And whatever, from Christina. Um, Christina, a piece of Christina. A piece of Christina, basically, yeah. Christina's flesh. And yeah. then also a piece of... Atticus. Right. Mm-hmm. And they had to combine those in order to complete to the, the spell. spell. Mm-hmm. So they have to bring these ancestors back and bring Titus back mm-hmm. to um get a piece of his which which strange that he they're able to get the flesh of a dead man, but whatever. I guess bringing I him back to that not... plane made him corporeal, but And maybe that's what the yeah, the spell binding which I was supposed to bind him, maybe that allowed him to be flesh too. Yeah, I don't it's know. They strange. play they play so... Fast and loose with with a lot of things so, in this yeah, episode, and they was. were just like they're just like yeah, yeah whatever we can it. we can do yeah. anything. So why can't why we why can't we do that? But um, yeah. So they they do this and they they that and a fun thing because that was a whole episode when they made it to that that spot. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. they went through this whole Indiana Jones. Yep. journey where they almost drowned yep. where they had to try to find these this area where they could uh the ship. get get the titus's pages mm. and then in this episode they just do a, a cool little montage where they make it just, back to this underground area they there, they go to the underground writing. elevator go back to this area do a whole spell bring titus back do the <laughs> blood everything's fine tick cries a little okay and the ancestors <laughs> help out do a Super alley oop. They get right. the flesh and it's done, and, and it all happens in like right. seven minutes. He does happen to get away for a few seconds though to go back and to warn Christina that they had gotten the book. Yeah, Titus did. Um, so he like teleported to her. I don't know how or whatever, but ends up causing her and Ruby to have an accident. And so then he like it's like they the 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 N word. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he was. <laughs> they he got was the book. <laughs> pretty nasty very that character and then and then they got him back and then that's when they got his flesh and everything but now so christina knows they have the book yeah which also pretty convenient that they happen to that she <laughs> that he happened to stop in front of her car right. and like i don't know yeah. like that's there's a I was lot like, of things that felt know very how to convenient to her. yeah and i was like okay well sure fine yeah. fine. fine we don't have time yep. we don't have a lot of time yep. so so, yeah, Christina figures out that they have the book, yeah. so she goes and confronts them, mm-hmm. because Christina always just walking in shit and just doesn't give a fuck. Does not. So she walks in and she's like, uh, hey, and and this whole time, Christina has um, made a deal with, with Tick, mm-hmm. saying you need to show up on this particular date so I can do this spell that'll mm-hmm. make me immortal, I need all your blood. Mm-hmm. So he was like, okay, fine. 
Right. But now she's like, you know what? I know y'all have the book. If you just give me the book, I can do, um, I can just use the book mm. and do the spell. I don't need, need you. you. Mm-hmm. Do you think they should have gave her the book? Um, no. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, people who get power are always going to want more power. Yeah. She's going to become immortal by, and so. Any it, means necessary. Any means necessary. So. And then there's always, but there's always going to be something else. She has a lot of ambition, so I feel like if they would have given her a book, it would have been something else yeah, that she would have done. I think she would have brought about the end of the world. Uh, who knows? Because yeah. she's going to always want more. She's a woman in this man's world, and mm-hmm. she's always going to want to up one-up them. So, yeah. no, I think she would have done something even worse if they had given, given yeah, her the book. Yeah, she probably would have. Do you... Yeah, because... Because right now, her problem is, like, like if she would work with them, they could probably help her yeah. to secure her means. But because she, she very much wants to be the most powerful entity yeah. in, in their world, yeah. and she wants... Because it's so selfish, mm-hmm. she'll always, you know, they they can't yeah. help her. Because at on, on their side, they're coming at it from, we're helping everyone right. all the people like we are yeah you know this is for the good of everyone not willing just to for the sacrifice good themselves of yeah. for the better the greater good for the betterment of yeah. community in the world instead of just being like well i want to be immortal so right. fuck all of y'all she wants to sacrifice one person so she can have power no, she wants to sacrifice anyone well anyone so she yeah. can have power yeah. she, she says it in the episode she says well this will this won't mean anything if i killed my or if this doesn't work mm-hmm. i killed my I, entire family yep. for nothing and it's yep. like bro who the fuck asked you to kill and, your whole family <laughs> and she was like very like but it was like she didn't have no remorse about yeah. it yeah like she's like her ambition has, is too great yeah it was very strange but yeah so they they t- tick says no to the deal mm-hmm. so this whole time you have tick basically wrestling wrestling with his mortality right he ends up getting baptized at the mm-hmm. request of Letty mm-hmm. because she, Letty is still very devout and she, um, but she's grown more. So, cause she wasn't, she didn't really believe in God a lot in the yeah. beginning of the season. And now she's like, yeah, it's like, like coming it, back. I think too, she's using it as a way to combat the evil and the magic. She's yeah, trying to uh-huh, find the, uh-huh. the good and yeah. And, a balance and, or something. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. Letty, I think is my favorite character yeah. that's been on any show in the past she's, you know the year character development she's for her so as cool. was so well written it was great yeah she's just and she was just very i don't know and she's strong in a way that's not like the like stereotype like a strong yeah, yeah. female character no she was just you know she was fallible yeah. she was she had a fucking smart mouth she yeah was, she's just a good Tamper. character yeah <laughs> but she's also fearless but yeah. she she can have fear in her, but mm-hmm. she will still stand in front of her man if there's somebody coming at him. Mm-hmm. She's still, she she was just a very good yeah. character, and like I love Journey. Oh, I love. She her. just played the hell out of that role. She killed it. Um, I had a question because okay, so jumping to the to the end, mm-hmm. they get to the point where they're they're doing the spell, yeah. and they have Christina has infiltrated their group mm-hmm. under the guise of her being. Ruby, Letty, Letty's sister, because she does have the ability to change um, her face into other people. But if you understand how she does that, she has killed the people. Or yeah, the people or are she's dead. she's they're not well. They're dead, suspended. They're comatose. So they're comatose, in a suspended yeah. like reality of whatever. Yeah. 
And so basically, yeah, you have to assume that Ruby's Ruby dead. dead, which sucks because I I love I Ruby. Ruby I really love Ruby's character. I thought I liked that her ambition kind of matched up with Christina's, mm-hmm. but she still was so torn because she still yeah. had these ties to Letty, you know, Letty, yeah. and she was kind of. If she were able to to get to the point where she can harness the magic in the way that mm. Christina did, she would have done. She it. would probably be the better choice for yeah. someone to be immortal and to be head of that, yeah. and to try to be above that work because she still has that compassion and still has a soul in her. Yeah. At the same time as understanding that you have to make sacrifices yeah. first. Yeah, I really like Ruby's character. Hopefully, she's not like dead. 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 She just like a little dead. Maybe they'll figure out. Well, we'll talk when we. I have predictions for next season okay we'll talk about that so then um okay so we get to the spell part Mm -hmm. and basically uh tick has 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 um showed up Mm -hmm. like for for the deal and they strap him down and letty and everyone are kind of okay so so christina's infiltrated group she is she is um Riding down in the car with them with right. the face of Ruby, which right. sucks. Which is a cool little thr- a a... throwback because in the I think the first scene that Ruby shows up, mm-hmm. she's singing in like a concert, and the song and they're, they're singing, singing in the car. Song. Ruby's oh, like, I would yeah. never be caught dead singing that fucking song or something like that. And then she starts singing along in the mm-hmm. car, so that was a fun little mm-hmm. like. Oh, if you remember that, she would. Mm. She said she would never sing that song. Oh, it's not Ruby. Oh shit! But yeah. you know, you don't really catch on to and, that until not, later. Yeah, not in the first round, go around. But so they they ride down. They get to where they're going, and um, Letty and what she thinks is Ruby. They're they're completing part. They're part. Some, yeah, some to, spell or to I think to to put up wards or something. Wards, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Um, to complete the spell that they're trying to mm-hmm. do with with Atticus, and then um ruby or christina makes it known that she has killed ruby yeah. and taken over her yeah. body which i don't understand when villains do that and the, in just shows. Like the plot yeah, i mean it's definitely plot but it's yeah. like bro you could have just waited till the fucking end why reveal yourself now yeah. or i guess letty caught on but she wasn't i think letty she wasn't on. being too like no. it was like <laughs> like hiding too much it felt like she knew that letty she slipped up and said something and letty caught it uh, and then so then she was just like fuck it yeah. like i'm yeah. just gonna and then but but you could see like the scene was cool because like she was looking out in the distance like almost admiring the fact of them going through all of this yeah to try to prevent her from doing it but then she was just like yeah well you know <laughs> this, i caught ruby this was fun well, yeah. Last, yeah i caught ruby trying to uh you know help you out so i had to take care of her so it's kind of your fault she's dead yeah <laughs> which i will say i <laughs> yeah. like christina like yeah. i like that character as like a villain she's just so cool mm. she's very like you can understand her motives even though she goes about shit in, in the complete wrong a way. bad way but she you can you can get where she's yeah. coming from and then like the, her performance is just really cool it's like really, she's just yeah i don't know fucking ice queen she feels like really very she feels much, like yeah. uh who who's emma emma frost it? yeah mm-hmm. she feels like emma she's very frost. very much so yeah emma frost does she she has same yeah same thing same all the ambition like don't really care who she gotta hurt yeah but so that ends up happening and she realizes um, it's Christina and not Ruby. Mm-hmm. And so they end up fighting and Letty gets some hits in. Letty yeah, gets some hits she in. Does. She does. Um, she really does. But then she, 
she get hit and she hits the ground. Yep. So she gets tossed out the window and, and I'm assuming dies as soon as she hits Yes, like I'm like ground. I'm like, wait a second, I know y'all didn't kill my girl journey off. I, I knew I knew I was something like, was coming. I, know y'all didn't I was kill like, my girl y'all didn't do, off. I looked at the time, I was like, it's twenty more yeah, minutes. Y'all, like, y'all, y'all, y'all didn't kill her off. Y'all didn't do that to me. Cause y'all already did that, so right. So it's like really again, her die again. <laughs> and Tick cannot carry the show, so you better fucking bring her back okay. to life. Okay, he's gonna be crying the whole time. Oh, bro. <laughs> so so that happens, and then they get to the to the ceremonial mm-hmm. grounds or whatever, and they start this ritual mm-hmm. where it's fucking brutal. Tick's strung up on the thing and like on like some pyre. Yeah. Christina has this big ceremonial blade mm-hmm. and she like cuts his arms open and she's just bleeding him out like, and then she's bathing, bathing in, in his, his blood. blood like it's just it's crazy and it's funny because you haven't you've seen christina be an asshole yeah. but you haven't seen her so fully like just just yeah deranged, yeah almost. gross like yeah. she's just in the blood she's she's saying these incantations she's she's laughing just, yeah it's crazy it just she's finally to the point where she's like oh i'm going to reach my goal yeah so then, so then, yeah, the, the spell continues to go, and then Letty pops back up. She comes back to life, because apparently they put the, the mark of Cain or whatever on her. It's back on her. It's back on her, which I guess they put on her before, or something happened where... Something, yeah. I don't, something that they I did off, off screen. Yeah, that they did not show. Where magically she has this mark now that makes right. her invulnerable, and she comes back to life. I almost thought Christina did it because... I did too for a second. When you do a flashback, she mumbles something. Yeah. So maybe she did put it Or maybe Ruby still had some kind of control and and did it. I don't don't know. know. Maybe we'll just have to speculate or wait on that. One or the other. But so she... Letty springs back to life Mm -hmm. and I on the fucking prize, still on the mission. She runs up and... um, Who else? What's, What's the girl's name? The... Kumiro? Oh, the uh, Kimi, Kimio. I think Kim, it's... Kimo, um, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Jin, 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 Gia, Gia. 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 So Gia, um, who is a... She's a nine-tailed fox demon. Yeah. In a, in a, a Korean nine-tailed fox demon. Though, so that's... Yes, in a, in a woman's body. Yeah. And she, um, she starts to... She, she sees that tick is being killed mm-hmm. so she's like well let me help out right because i do have powers right. i can do something i can actually do too something. many of those people were just standing <laughs> just, there no one was just like oh what are we gonna do <laughs> yeah i'm like hey it's not working most of you fuckers have powers and i'm just like but also it's like, like hippolyta you you can do you, some shit girl did you just i just you did a whole thing like yeah. Two episodes, well, an episode ago, like girl, what? you better use your blue hair power. Okay, and I don't know what it is, it. what did you got, but you got something, and you need to use it. But they were all staring. I'm like, oh no, uh, oh no, he's dying. Oh, he's bleeding he's out. Dead. And Montrose is, I think, knocked out. Right? <laughs> yeah, of course he is. Montrose <laughs> this is, is ass. why he didn't do anything because he was knocked <laughs> Once out. Once again, reiterating the man of the show, pointless. Because it was a woman hero heavy like finale. It was, which was cool. Yeah, but um, so yeah, so so. Journey or Letty is making mm-hmm. her run because yeah. she ran track. Just to remind y'all, she, she was, ran track. She was booking it. She booking was doing a terminator run, and she's like, and then like Tick sees her, and then she's like, no, he's like, no, I think he's like mouths to her or something, or maybe he just looks at her. He said, I think they. He says, I love you. Oh, he said, oh, he did say I love you, and he cries a little bit more. Yeah, but he's in pain. I, I will give I him. Get that, I'll give that. him that. I did like that scene. I he like, says, oh. I love you, and she comes in and she starts. She's on, like, no, <laughs> fuck no. So she starts on. The spell that's... She that's, stabs. 
Christina oh, with yeah. her sword. Oh yeah, shit, duh. Yeah, she's, she stabs she Christina. She spears <laughs> that bitch through the chest, and yeah. Christina's like, Christina's still so fucking cool. Yeah, she's like, hey, it's not gonna work because Letty I, starts trying to do yeah. this this spell to. What Christina probably thinks that they're just binding her, right. but she's actually doing the binding and the other spell. Right, right, right. But um, but I think she also knows it's not going to work because she they didn't actually get parts of Christina. Ah, uh, yeah. Right, which yeah. is why it was uh, why in her mind she was like, yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah it's not and then work, blah, blah. also why Gia jumping in basically saved the day. Yeah, so Gia jumps in and she like there's this black smoke. Yeah, I don't. That I don't, comes I don't out and then it goes to, through. To the moon. Yeah, just another one of those things that Lovecraft does where yeah. we're, they're just like, we're just going to throw some shit in here because we didn't I have no know. time. So. This black smoke was going to the moon. It I was going really to the moon and now means. Gia jumps in and she fucking, you know. <laughs> she basically binds uh, because they already have a piece of Titus. Yeah. So now that she just binds together Christina. Like she grabs her tail and gets, I guess punctures christina mm-hmm. and then i uh, i don't know what she does to ted she got but i think she punctures him too or something i don't fucking know a lot goes on yeah a lot but of... anyway that binds them and yeah. it helps with the spell yeah so it helps with the with the spell and letty completes completes the spell mm-hmm. and fucking yeah yeah it, it goes down yeah and Tick's ass is dead on a slab on, on the on the stairs <laughs> which was sad which did give yeah. me a little bit because they were all it very was. upset but um yeah, so Letty goes over to Christina and mm-hmm. she's under a pile of rocks. Yep. And and she's like, "What did you What did you do to me?" And Letty's like, "What What you think, bitch? Right? What do you think what do you we did think to you?" I did. Christina, to you. Christina's like, "Oh, you you binded me from magic." Not and, just. <laughs> and Letty says, "Not, not quite. Just, not quite. <laughs> not <laughs> just you. <laughs> All white people. Oh, she was like, All white people. She's I like, took oh. the magic back for us. <laughs> yeah, which is a very." I don't know. I thought that was a cool, like... I didn't know that's... Did you know that's where it was going? No, absolutely not. I had no idea. I was like, oh! I thought that they were just trying to try to keep the spell from happening, or at least they're going to eventually just kill Christina. Yeah. But I didn't think that they were literally trying to keep every white person from ever being able to use magic. Which which, um, brought me to another, um, like, comment, and this is one I think I saw online where people were like well that makes it kind of interesting for like the next season do you think people are going to like someone brought up said something like the one drop rule with magic where people are going to try to get closer to their like white people will try to get closer to their their like person of color or black Mm. like roots and stuff or or Mm. so that they can get magic like it becomes like where where in this time, like, having, being black or a person of color right. is a very, you know, something that white people do not, you right. know, desire. Right. And now, in the, at least in the universe of the show at this mm. time, does it now become a thing where people are like, well, we need to have magic, so right. let's, like, try to, try to reproduce with, like, black people now and make it so that and get on their side and it kind of gives it a shift in balance Could and be. stuff like that. So. Could be. I thought that was very, very interesting. That's just, something they can explore. I was just wondering where they were going to go with with that, as they were the villains. Yeah. In like as far as magic and non magic in this this show. Mm-hmm. So now you take the magic away from all the white people, then where are you going to go after that? Yeah, like what happens? Like, does it become? Are we maybe in fight in fighting between like? 
I don't know communities of families who I don't know in the black I communities right now. I, I I don't I know though. Like it wouldn't have know. to where where yeah. Where Unless you, you just there. go if you focus more on Lovecraft lore and we're Maybe. fighting more monsters or something like that. Yeah, that could be cool. I don't know. But yeah, so they she completes the spell mm. and she tells her again, um, white people can't do magic no mm. more. And they, they leave her there and they, they take Tick's body. Or Montrose. Oh. <laughs> Sad little, what, 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 what? Most, one of the most important parts, though, is um, with um, Gia being a Kimio or ki- Kimio. Kimio. Kimio, whatever. I say it wrong every single time. I, I do, too. I know. <laughs> um, but um, she can see people's, uh, their, their, few? their past. Yeah. So um, with Tick though, she uh, when she did it the first time, she saw his future, and that's how she knew he was gonna die, or whatever. Yeah. When she did it this time though, she saw the past, and so they show uh, of like images of how Christina basically caught Ruby. Oh and yeah. And then like all this other stuff. I don't remember. There was other stuff that went on with Christina that they. Oh they ended yeah, up I forgot. Yeah, so she was able to see Christina's like like everything that she had weird. did. Yeah, and then she did the same thing with seeing everything that Tick did. So like Tick left like so Tick when they when him and Montrose did a spell like, like a few episodes ago, he actually uh, I don't remember the name of those monsters. When Tick did a spell a few episodes ago, yeah, yeah you remember and the police um and the police about to shoot him. Oh, do they have names? They do have. names. I have no idea because <laughs> they were actually based off some Lovecraft monster. Oh, no idea. But I don't yeah. remember. But anyway, basically, he ended up uh, and the uh, monster was basically his is now his protector or whatever. Yeah. So then he ends up passing this monster on to D mm-hmm. because he knows that he's going to die, and so that only reason why that's important is because the um the one of the those little monsters tried to attack D when she was sitting in the car and then that monster came the the one ticks monster uh came and saved her yeah and so but okay yeah. so yeah so they they end up they they come upon Tick's body and mm-hmm. Montrose has this come little on, moment come on, come on, where, yeah, because his son, because Montrose is the only, because they knew he would fuck it up. Yeah. And he was not, which one. which is understandable. He's not willing to like, let his you know, die. let his son die, even though you know, they've been Don't, through their shit okay. and he is not the greatest father. Nope. But he, he, you know, he's pretty devastated yeah. and he's trying to get Tick up, but Tick is not getting up because Tick is dead. Yeah. And so they end up, um... It's very, very sad it scene. It is pretty, pretty sad. sad. So they carry his body back mm-hmm. to the car and they kind of like get him out of there. And yeah. that's where we see the end of them. But then we have a mm-hmm. little, have a little tag, just a little, My l- little part. thing. Because, because <laughs> Dee, when she's attacked in the car, we don't see the aftermath of that. No, no. Until this moment where she walks into the frame mm-hmm. with being flanked by the monster. Yep. Just the cool the the, the shot is the coolest, coolest fucking, fucking thing, thing I've ever seen. It, it looks so like cool. she's in her own comic book. Yeah, like I was like, oh and I my wonder if that's god, what they were going for. it looks beautiful. Yeah, like it just looks so cool. Which I put like, is this fucking just D's origin story? Like whatever she becomes. You know, honestly, <laughs> like <cool>. maybe. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so early in the episode, like D's arm had been um. Yeah. Like it was the only thing that was not able to be salvaged by uh-huh. the by the curse that she was under. Mm-hmm. So she didn't have any like it, any mobility. Like she, right. it was completely mm-hmm. destroyed. So her mom Hippolyta, after her 
journey through the stars and all her shit. Apparently being gone for 200 years yeah, in she, whatever uh, time she was in. Yeah, just doing shit. When yeah. she, she she kept she kept trying to talk to Dee and be like, well, I've been here. And Dee's like, I don't give a fuck. You <laughs> she left, does not you give. Weirdo. You, she's like, well, this won't matter to you soon. It's like, well, it matters to me right, right now. now. <laughs> it was like, you gotta forget, she's still a shit child. Yeah, she's still a she's kid. Still and a... you've seen, like, I don't know, you've seen more of the world than anyone. Yeah. So you can't really... Belittle that, that yeah. her her anger and sadness right now. Yeah. So so apparently she she acquired the the tools to create a bionic arm yep. for D. Remember, we are the nineteen fifties. We are the nineteen fifties. <laughs> but our girl with the blue hair yep. made her a fucking bionic arm. Yeah. And so she she gives that to D mm. and and we we see that in this last little this teaser last scene shot. Mm. where D walks up with her monster and um, she walks up, and Christina's just still sitting there under One bricks. Of the rocks. And Christina's going, "D, D, help me! Oh, oh help D, me. yeah, hey, help, D, help me, help me! D, can you please help me? Please, oh, D, thanks." And D goes, "Fuck, what's the line?" She's, what did she say? She's like, "Oh, she's like they they still don't get it." Oh yeah, that's what she said. She's like, "You still don't get it." I still don't get it, do they? So I'm like, I, I don't yeah, know. I, guess, she's I, th- I think she's talking to the monster at this point. Yeah, I think she's <laughs> Dee's kind of lost a little bit. She's yeah. giving me a little bit of um, a little bit of Carl after he oh, lost his mom in The Carl. Walking Dead. Like a little bit of like <laughs> Dean had gone through some yeah. shit, so she about to be. I don't know. She I, might. I, I, she's gonna be, be on the come up. I think she's gonna be a little. So more she dark. ends up finishing the job basically, yeah. and and Taking using her, her bionic, arm. bionic arm and fucking squeezing the life out of Christina and oh, kills her. Not, no, not squeezing the life. Oh, well, she yeah, she breaks her. She cracks, she cracks her windpipe. Yeah. But yeah, she kills Christina. And, and Dee is also, I don't know if y'all know, she's a little girl. She's yeah. like 13 or 12 yeah, or something. Yeah, she's not, yeah. But she's been through a lot. And, and then and then the monster just goes back into the moon and just howls and that's so cool and he's like in the forefront yes. and it's, it's just the moonlight. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's, they're in the tatters yeah. of like this like tomb or whatever yeah, the fuck they because are. Because it was, used to be the, the house, Titus' yeah, home. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. And it's just, it's gorgeous. It's, yeah. and, and that's how it ends. It, it was, I will say, for me, it was mostly, I mostly enjoyed it because I feel yeah. like there was so many good parts to it. Yeah, definitely. I will say that I do feel like it was rushed. Yeah. And I do feel like um, it was just a lot of things that weren't, that weren't explained and I don't think you're ever they're gonna ever they're explain not. it. They're not. Because it's like, why? Why explain <laughs> why, it? Why, yeah. At what this point, the they're like, whatever. That was going to the moon. What does that have to do with anything? Like, I think they were like, how did we Titus gotta, we gotta know put some, how to find Christina? We gotta put some cool shit right here real quick. Right. So let's, uh, yeah, yeah, just play with the, play with the effects and throw some we shit just, in there. Uh, just, Get back to me, you know. Just work yeah. it out. This is what I want. Work it out and get <laughs> back to me. <laughs> but yeah, so for me, I will give it five out of Seven stars. Okay. 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 Um, I'll give it. I'll give it a seven. Seven out of ten stars. Okay. And I hope we confuse you on what that means. Oh, I hope so too. <laughs> I hope we I confuse hope so. you on what that ranking system is because I don't know. But uh, I liked it. But yeah. Yeah. I think. Um. So my thing is. Um. My question that I was going to pose last week when I thought you had watched it, um, was going to be: Do you? Uh. Do you think that? Tick is actually dead. Or do you think... No, but I fucking wish he was. <laughs> so do you think they're going to bring him back to life? Yeah, I think, like, everyone... I want Ruby back, but I think Tick's, yeah, coming back in some capacity. I don't know how. Because they still have to... 
I mean, I guess they don't. I mean, they could like they time travel at some point. Because, okay, there's the, the thing that I think you sent this to me where um, where it was like a, a frame of an episode a couple couple episodes back mm-hmm. where Tick talks about who he saw in the future mm-hmm. and he says he gets to the mm-hmm. to the portal yeah. and a woman with a bionic arm, arm pushes, pushes him, him back. back. Which obviously, you is know, that D is the now. older version of D now. now so it's that, like, yeah. well, are, is that going to be explored? Right. In what capacity? Like, why did she do that? Why did she give him the book from his son yeah. and push him back? Like, was it to say... Like, there's got to be something yeah. more to that. Or is it something to... to comp- the timeline loop are we gonna go through this entire right. thing and see how she gets to that point right. i don't know but i think they are gonna bring atticus that. back because mm. he's he's too i think he's too intertwined with all the lore and everything yeah. i mean i guess technically we don't need him because letty's pregnant with his son so like and she can, she knows all the magic yeah <laughs> i mean yeah we don't need him but i feel like i don't know for the purposes of what this show is i think they'll end up bringing him back um i think i think he is a interesting protagonist so i wouldn't i i would i would want him back i would like him to come back different like if they were to bring him back like bring him back kind of a little more like edgy like yeah, like a little more edgy uh-huh. or like wrong like yeah. I, li- I like when that happens in shows where they yeah. end up bringing a character back and, and they're like, all oh, it's like oh we right. we made a mistake something right here <laughs> if they were to do something like that yeah. I'd, I'd be cool with that or bring him back a little more seasoned like right now yeah. he's still very much in like Green the state of arrested yeah. development he's always crying he's always, always just real always. you know real emotional about everything which but is if they, cool I which do... is cool yeah. but like if they if you were to bring him back i want it to be a different iteration of maybe him having so, some someone a little bit more like Hippolyta where he maybe right. he's experienced something for a prolonged amount of time and he comes back and they're on like different planes of like maybe he existence or intelligence and went somewhere and that'd like, be fun and then it, it and that's how it changes him like he's like like how Hippolyta went through this 200 years of yeah. her being away from earth in whatever time she was in mm-hmm. um maybe he'll go through some stuff too and he'll come back and a little more seasoned a little more focused a little more like all right i got this shit i'm good yes are you, are you good yeah my my computer cut off <laughs> oh, i was like <laughs> my computer just turned mm-hmm. itself off but yeah so yeah Oof, that was good it was good I hope that was good enough uh, uh, of a conversation for you, uh, friend who requested that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really, I did like the season. That was really yeah, cool. And now really I'm good. like, fuck. What do I do on Sunday? Oh my gosh, because nothing comes on. Literally, my P Valley is gone. My Lovecraft is gone. I what I watch something else. It's all gone. <laughs> the, the third day, doesn't that come on? <laughs> Girl, I have. I got... have not. I can't do it. I, I have why. not. Can, I have. I watched the first episode. and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch the second episode. And I was like. No, I don't think I'm going to actually watch this show Lord. anymore. Well, well, next on the jacket for our spooky, spooky Halloween episode. Okay, so Mark mentioned this in the maybe an episode ago mm-hmm. where he said I sprung something on him. Yes, yes, she did. Friends. And I thought it would be fun, a fun little, little, little change uh-huh. for... <laughs> 
for us to each write scary stories <laughs> and like actually try and like write uh, yeah. scary stories and read them to you on the podcast. Give mm. you a little little spooky time, a little, little scary. Time. You know, it's the last week of you know the month, Halloween. Halloween's coming up, so just a little a little treat. A little treat. Um, if you hate scary stories, turn the podcast off now. Right. I mean, we've been on for an hour almost anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we each wrote little stories. Mm. I finished mine last night at three a.m. I finished mine today at three p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so we're right on schedule. <laughs> and yeah, so who who wants to go first? It's your idea, so you can go first. Oh, you fucker! <laughs> All right, okay, fine. I'll go first. Mm. All right, so mm. my my story is fucking six pages. All right, <clears throat> Lord, All my right. story is called Cleanse. I'm so glad you had a name for yours. Because mine does not. <laughs> I didn't until now. <laughs> also, a funny thing, I didn't have character names until, like, after the story was written. Like, okay. They did not have names. Okay. You may recognize one name, because I literally was just pulling shit it's like, out. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put names in here. I'm just gonna... <laughs> okay, so the story is called Cleanse. Jonah contemplates not picking up the call and answers after the third ring. Hey, he greets. Did you make it to the house yet? His sister asks, sounding out of breath. He can hear the car door slamming in the background. Momma's there, he replies, already bored with her line of questioning. Jojo, he grimaces at the nickname. You told me you would call when you got there. He locates the side of the gas cap on the rental car, makes note of it, and continues walking towards the convenience store. It's a small store and the fueling station only houses two pumps. Anyway, (laughs) it's a small store and the fueling station only houses two pumps. A gray town car sits at the other pump engine running. There is no signage posted on the building besides the word convenience in bolded green letters above the door. I said it would call when I got there. I'm almost there. You have the sage, right? She sounds antsy like she's chewing her nails. Yes, he says with a sigh. He makes it to the door and the bell above the door signals him inside. The store is empty except for him and the gas station attendant. She doesn't look up from behind the register, eyes hidden by dark hair. He does a small wave at her anyway. She looks young like she could be a freshman in college. Look, maybe I should meet you there. I can take the girls to Lena or something if you can't handle it. Jonah, we have to cleanse the house. It was mom's last wishes, she says in one breath, not allowing him to respond. No. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> no, he interrupts her. D, look. <laughs> the name is D. <laughs> I'm so done with you. So done with you. D, look, I can handle it. Don't come up here. Stop freaking out. I'll call you when I get to the house. I promise, okay? Okay, she says quietly. You better actually fucking call me. I will. Love you. Bye. He ends the call and turns into the freezer aisle. Jonah walks up to the glass door, opens it, and grabs a ginger ale from inside. He turns to leave and slips on a slick patch on the floor. Ah, shit! He manages to regain his balance and glances to see the root of his stumble. A black substance sits in the middle of the floor. He avoids it and heads over to the cash register. He sets the green bottle down on the counter. Hey, how are you doing? Jonah says. Can I have 20 on pump? He leans over to the window to confirm. Pump two? Also, there's like some mud or something on the floor over near the drinks. I almost slipped on it. Oh, okay. Thanks, she replies, keeping her eyes trained on the register. She takes a short breath in and Jonah realizes that she is not going to continue speaking. (laughs) After a long pause, Jonah asks, so how 
how much was it? She looks up, startled, like she just notice, notices that he was there. What? She replies. How much was it? He says slowly, the ginger ale and everything. Oh, um, she hesitates. $3 for the drink. Jonah pulls out his wallet and grabs $23 in cash. He holds it out for the cashier who's gone back to looking down at the counter. The money enters her field of vision and she takes it from his hand. Her fingernails are long and dirty, the tips the color of soot. She finally looks back <clears throat> she finally looks back up at him and says, No receipts today. Our machine isn't printing them out today. Sorry. No worries, Jonah replies and heads back out to the rental car, holding his drink in his hand. He quickly pumps his gas and gets back into the car. He notices that the gray car is still sitting at the other pump, but the engine is no longer running. He briefly wonders where the driver is. There is no one else in the store. He starts the car and pulls back onto the narrow road. The sky is gray and overcast, but the fall leaves are vivid in their oranges, browns, and reds, blurring to the ground and kissing his slightly damp windshield. The trees curl up over the narrow road, making him feel like he's driving in a forest tunnel. He soon recognizes the opening for the dirt road that will lead him to the only house on this road. He turns off and in the distance makes out the rundown farmhouse that he grew up in. Dead leaves blanket the long driveway. <laughs> he pauses. He passes four black trash bags full and waiting at the edge of the drive. The house is just how he remembers it. The house is adorned with navy blue shutters and a ruddy wooden railing surrounds the porch. The door is black, though the paint is starting to chip away to a dull gray. Jonah drives as close to the front door as he can and parks. He gets out and heads to the trunk for sage. Sage. <laughs> Why is this like that? <laughs> sage. And the other... <laughs> Hold on. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Got a little <laughs> and cameo. <we're> back. <laughs> and for, for the sage and the other ingredients, his sister included in his spirit cleansing package cleansing care package. Jonah never reached the level of superstitious as his mother and sister. Late nights of burning candles and bathing their foreheads in different oils, the prayers and smudging of the doorways only became a story like the tooth fairy or a nuisance to a boy who just wanted to ride his bike on the lawn. <clears throat> it built resentment in him later when his mother's sanity started to take a turn and she kept seeing the demons she was trying to ward off in her children's faces. His mother's eccentric practices had chased him away from this place, only for him to return to expel her spirit from the house himself. He thought it was all a sick sense of irony. He opens the door with the same key he kept on his keychain as a child. He crosses the threshold and steps into the home of his past. Everything is the same. His mother, mother never changed the locks or the furniture. The house is cold, with the faint smell of cigarette smoke and lavender. <clears throat> <laughs> he, step, he steps onto the hardwood floor and he can feel the creak shoot up his spine plastic covering remains on the only couch in the living room the small wooden end table holds two iron candle holders over a lace tablecloth he thinks he sees, sees a still burning ember in the fireplace though he knows it's just a trick of the setting sun no one has breathed in this house since his mother died on the floor above two weeks ago alright let's do this Jonah whispers to himself dumping his supplies onto the floor he climbs the stairs to the second floor, ignoring the framed school pictures of him and his, sis his sister that line the wall. <clears throat> At the top of the stairs is a black and white picture of his mother as a child, flanked by her two older brothers. Her innocent smile makes him pause at the top of the landing. 
Suddenly, a shadow appears over the image, darkening the childish grins. Jonah jump turns around, heart thudding wildly in his chest. What the fuck? He breathes out. Hello? He calls out to the empty hallway. The only response is the creak of the stairs. He takes a couple of deep breaths to get his heart rate under control. Must be my eyes playing tricks on me again, he thinks, and continues his trek towards his childhood bedroom. Light pours in from the windows, even on the cloudy day. His mother hadn't believed in using curtains. Jonah imagines her voice in his head telling him, natural sunlight is what would drive the bad ones out. He makes it to the room he shared with his sister and pushes open the door. Despite him being much taller than his teenage self, the room remains as sprawling and open as he remembered. His mother had opted to let the siblings share the master bedroom as she claimed she wouldn't need much space. Posters of his favorite wrestlers lined his side of the room, while Dee's wall was filled with band t-shirts and concert ticket stubs she had nailed there. A wave of nostalgia and guilt flow over Jonah, thinking of the past years his mother had, alone in their home, keeping their teenage bedroom pres preserved in pristine condition, like a museum of their childhood. Jonah walks over to his side of the room and bends down to pick up a book off the shelf, or to pick up a book, half discarded under his old bed. He turns it over to the front. The giver cover stares back at him and he smiles. It was a favorite of his, and he remembers the many nights that read him to sleep. Suddenly, a shrill noise ringing up from his jacket pocket causes him to jump. Shit, he thinks, and pulls the phone out of his pocket. He immediately answers it and places it on speaker, gently tossing the phone on the bed. Hey, what's up? He says nonchalantly. Oh, hey, what's up? His sister mocks him. What did you say you were going to do? Call me? Well, that's crazy, because guess who is calling who? <laughs> she barely lets him get a word out. He laughs so softly. Sorry, I was about to call. I'm here. Fuck, you suck. She gives up on being angry at him. How is it? Being in the house, I mean. It's pretty weird, man, he confesses. Everything is the same. Like, everything. All your stupid t-shirts are still all over the walls. She laughs. Yeah, mom was really not about change, she says softly. As soon as Jonah starts to agree, he hears three knocks coming from downstairs. He immediately freezes and looks towards the hallway. Hey, you still there? Dee asks, as Jonah begins to inch towards the door. He takes the phone off speaker and holds it to his ear. He lets out the breath that he didn't realize he was holding. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm here. He starts quietly. I think someone's at the door. What? She says. That's impossible. There's not another house around for miles. Yeah, I know, Jonah replies. Maybe it's the mailman? Was she still getting packages? Jonah, she says slowly. Mom had a P.O. box of town over. No one should be coming to that house. Right then, he hears three more knocks on the living room window. Your face right now. <laughs> Jonah jumps up and hurries to grab the baseball bat from the closet. D, I'll call you back. He whispers and inches closer to the door. He ends the call with shouted protests from his sister and threats of calling the police. Jonah slowly makes his way to the hallway, trying to avoid the windows. A loud bang from the front of the house forces him to leap into action. He runs down the stairs, wielding the baseball bat and beelines for the source of the noise. He sees that the front door is wide open and looks like it has been nearly blown off the hinges. His feet crunch over shards of glass littered all over the ground, but he can't tell where the glass has come from. He turns around in circles, swinging the bat wildly, but detects no movement. Who the fuck is here? He screams. Come out now! I call the police! No response. The house is eerily quiet. He can't even hear the wind. I, I have a gun! He calls out as a, as a last-ditch effort to bring the intruder out of hiding. He moves slowly towards the door, over the shards of glass, glancing all around him. 
He looks out the front door, trying to locate the intruder's getaway vehicle, but all he sees is his car parked in the driveway. No sign of any other person. His heart is still beating loudly, but he turns back to the house to try to see if he can make out any other sounds. The house is completely silent except for a random creak. He focuses one more time to see if he can hear anything standing in the doorway like a statue. Nothing. Still nothing. And then finally he hears it. Knock. 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 Coming from upstairs in his childhood bedroom. Jonah bolts from the house, making a mad dash towards his car. He gets closer to the car and hears a loud crash and crackling right on his heels. He pulls the car door nearly off the hinges and throws himself in, quickly locking on the doors. He looks up out the windshield to see that Dee's vanity from their bedroom has been thrown through the second story window onto the porch below. He also sees that two windows from the side of the house are completely shattered. In a panic, Jonah digs through his pockets to try to find his phone but comes up empty. Shit, he thinks. He must have dropped it. Shit, shit, shit. Jonah starts the car and peels out of the driveway, tires spinning on the wet leaves. His heart beats nearly out of his chest. The steady mantra of what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck runs through his mind. He wishes he had his phone to try to call for help. He keeps his eyes trained on the rearview mirror, watching to make sure he's not being followed. He's so focused on what's behind him that he almost doesn't notice the bright gold gaslight shining at him from the dashboard. What the fuck? He says aloud, mind racing. His thoughts are so jumbled from the adrenaline that he can't remember if he had actually filled up the tank. He knows that he must stop and fill up if he's going to put miles between him and whatever was chasing him. He can probably call someone from the store as well. He drives like a madman, never releasing his foot from the accelerator, and soon sees the gas station from earlier in view. He flies into the parking lot and throws the car in park, right in front of the entrance to the store. He doesn't even bother taking his keys from the ignition before hopping out of the car. He bursts into the store, the bell above the door dinging wildly from the force of his entrance. He glances around and sees that there is no one in the store, this time the attendant included. Hello? He calls out. He turns towards where the back office of the store might be located. Hello? Is anyone there? I need help. There's an emergency. He does not receive a response. Hello? He calls out one more time. Fuck it, he says and heads towards the back office. He picks up his pace and makes his way through the snack aisle. He starts to run and then slips on something wet and lands hard on his back. Shit, he exclaims. He reaches down to push himself up to a seated position. His hand comes away wet when he brings it up to his face to see what he had slipped on. His breath quickens. A thick red liquid coats his palm. He brings his hand closer to his face to confirm what he already knows in his heart to be true. He takes a sniff of his hand and immediately pulls it away. Blood. He's sitting in a fucking pool of blood. He starts hyperventilating and tries to scoot away from the quickly drying liquid. He slips around the puddle trying to make it back to his feet. Behind him, he hears a bell ding and he freezes. His blood runs cold. He slowly looks to the door. Standing there is the gas station attendant from earlier. She looks down at him, brows furrowed, and doesn't move any closer. Jonah puts his hands up in a non-threatening gesture. Uh, hey, he calls out. Hey, I, I need help. I need to use your phone. I think we're in danger. The girl continues to stare at him, fidgeting with the hem, hem of her dark hoodie. He notices she wasn't wearing the hoodie before. The girl takes one step towards Jonah, still staring. She almost looks as though she's looking through him. Suddenly she says, Honey? Honey, not yet. What? He says. What are, you, what are you saying? I need help. Do you have a phone? His voice gets louder as he starts to panic. She doesn't respond and suddenly he hears fast, heavy footsteps approach from behind him. He jumps up, startled, and begins to move forward, but he's too late. Before he can see his running behind him, he feels something heavy and solid 
break over his head and everything goes dark. Jonah wakes up and he's laying on something soft and it's hard to open his eyes. He can hear a loud scraping noise to his left, loud and metallic, over and over, rhythmic. He can smell something, dirt. He smells dirt. It must be what I'm laying on, he thinks. It's soft and wet. He tries to focus on the sound, but it's hard to focus. He tries to move his legs and he can't. Feels like something is laying on him, but he can't make the words to ask him to get off. He manages to pry open one eye and feels crusted over like when he had pink eye once as a child. He sees the sky almost completely dark. The source of the sound enters his vision, a shovel. It reaches up into the sky and is immediately brought down again and again and again. He tries to focus more on the sound of the shovel and hears something else, voices. What should we do with this one's car, honey? Says one of the voices. He recognizes it as the girl from the convenience store. A deep voice replies, uh, same shit we did with the town car. We can just dump it. He probably doesn't have anything good in him. Same as at the house. It was basically a shithole. Shh, shh, honey, look. She points down at Jonah and continues. I think he's up. The man stops shoveling. He comes to stand over Jonah. The man has what looks like tiny specks of glass stuck in the side of his face. Only on the side that Jonah can see. Without taking his eyes off Jonah, the man replies, Well, shit, honey, put him back to sleep. Jonah shuts his eyes. The end. <laughs> so what are we left with? <laughs> that. <laughs> the end. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> so what are we to infer? That they killed him? Yeah interesting okay ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay that was that was pretty that was pretty good was it yeah i don't i don't think mine is good i don't, <laughs> I don't even think mine is scary i'm excited was mine scary um it was enthralling yeah like Ooh. like so i was i was into it yeah um um it yeah and the part in the house yeah that was actually pretty like and that's the last part i wrote that's the part where i was like fuck i know this happens but i don't know how it gets there how we get there yeah i don't really think mine and friends also i am i am a screenplay writer (laughs) i am not a story all right so i don't know how good this is but here's mine um mine is give it a name right now um (laughs) I, I know me. Uh, take take the name away. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I am me. That's what we'll call it. I am me. Okay. All right. <clears throat> he knew looking at the message for the third time wouldn't change the words, nor would it quell any negative feelings. Yet, Oren read this. Read his husband's message once Oren? again. Oren. Oren. Okay. Read his husband's message once again. Sorry, something new came up with the case. I'm not going to be able to make Rollins student's parent-teacher day. But you got this! Insert with a dozen smiley faces. I love you! See, Reynard knew his husband and how <laughs> much anxiety things like parent-teacher... I'm a fan of the name. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, parent, uh, student-parent day. How much anxiety things like student-parent day gave him. Being in crowds, socializing with people he didn't know, being nice. 
not Orin's forte. So he hoped the dozen emojis would help convey how truly sorry he was that Orin would have to do this exact, do those exact things. Orin sighed, put the phone back into his pant pocket, and headed in, headed to the entrance his son of his son's of his son's school. He hoped that his fitted plum suit wasn't too dressy, but also not too casual. What would what would other parents think of him? That thought surprised him because he thought he hadn't really cared. Damn, damn you for not being here, Reynard, he thought as he pulled open the hefty, rusted doors. He was greeted with the sight of seven different spouses, all who did not reflect his, his spouse nor him in, any, uh, in one way or the other. He, didn't rec- he did recognize a couple of parents. Um, Roland did have play dates, and one particular mother he did actually like. What was her name? Uh, he tried to quickly recall as she coincidentally strided over to him, beaming something bright. Uh, Lauren? Yes, Lauren. Lauren Jackson. Okay, that's her name. One of the only other black parents at this thing. Oren, Ta- Oren Taylor, uh, she said, more enthusiastic than he expected. Her husband, Chris, lagging behind her. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Chris. How are you both? Better now, she gave a slight laugh. Lauren and Oren. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I didn't realize that until actually it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Great. Um, uh, better now, <laughs> she gave a slight laugh. I'm not too fond of these things. Neither is Chris. Chris, you remember Oren, right? I mean, he sold us our house, so you remember him, right? Chris reluctantly held out a hand to Oren to shake. Yes, I do. Um, how is your friend? My husband, if that's who you're referring to, is good. He caught. Uh, he got caught up with a, de- a, a deposition, so he won't be making it. Chris, uh, Chris looked taken aback, but Lauren quickly brushed past the matter. So sad he won't be here to take in this lovely afternoon with us. She rolled her eyes with a gaunt laugh and a nudge on Oren's arm. Oren found himself genuinely smiling. We have to get Leighton and Rollin together for a play date. Oren held out, uh, held on to the smile as he assured her that they would definitely do that soon. You two can come over and Reynard and I will have some adult-only drinks. Lauren laughed. <laughs> Lauren laughed and Chris smiled uncomfortably. A petite woman in a two-piece gray suit and a strong blonde ponytail appeared with almost uh, appeared from almost nowhere commanding all the parents attention good afternoon parents we're glad that this group could join us we like to have every so often to have parents do a tour of our facility after all you are paying top notch for your kids education this tour should take no more than an hour what an hour Oren thought he didn't want to smell or project any stereotypes, but he wished now that he had took a couple of puffs before he got to the car, before he got out <laughs> of the car. So if you will follow me this way, we'll begin in the west wing of the facility. I wish I had that afternoon cocktail now, Lauren whispered to Oren. I think I actually like her, he said, he thought in his head. <laughs> the lady with the ponytail turned out to be the headmistress, which Oren had remembered after he, after she had said it. She was the lady who took his first paycheck, took the first check anyway. She was explaining the history of the building, which he wasn't entirely paying attention to. 
He tuned in and out, being slightly distracted at the interior of the school. It was something he did as a realtor. He hadn't noticed how eerie feeling the school gave off. He hadn't gotten the feeling when Reynard, Rollin, and him toured, uh, toured, uh, had did a tour over a year ago. There seemed to be areas of rust and decay where they hadn't been before. The one thing that sold him on the school was the nuance of the interior design. Now it looks strangely aged. Are you going to... Uh, are we going to get to see some of the kids in the classes? A parent asks. Oh, oh well, well, no. This is this week is very crucial in academia. We don't want to disturb the little darlings. She's sus. <laughs> uh, Orin and Lauren, which is when I realized that I Ron. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Gave each other a look. Like they're testing? Lauren asks. Uh, yes. Testing is what they are doing this week, the headmistress responded. He pushed it down, but something about her response made him feel uneasy. As they continued to walk uh, the school, Oren found felt most parts of decay in the structures. All this money we shell out, you would think that they would be, do a better job of upkeep. Mm-hmm. He pointed to what once lay a series of lustrous window panes one of Orin's favorite parts of the school, now devoid of all iridescence. <laughs> Lauren contorted her face. Now, I know they can do better. I'm going to say something to Miss Ponytail at the end of this. Oh, Miss Ponytail. The headmistress had the parent uh, had the parents walk through a glorious library. Orin looked at all the books, which, despite the school's structures, were in decent condition. Oh, Catcher in the Rye. I always like this one. He reached out for the book. Oh, Mr. Taylor, could you not? The librarian works very hard to keep them in alphabetical order after the kids. Well, bitch, I'll put it back. (laughs) The headmistress urged. Oh, okay, he replied, slightly confused. As the group went on, they stayed behind slightly... He stayed, uh, stayed behind slightly concealing himself. He picked up the Harper Lee book and opened it. All the pages were blank. He set the book down and picked up another one, Moby Dick. He opened the book. Pages were blank. Mm. What the hell is going on? Between a strange, decaying facility and a strange answers, now this. He picked up a couple of more books and they all had blank pages. Something wasn't right. He caught up to the group. Um, excuse me, I want to see where my son is. Oh, Mr. Taylor, remember, they're in the... T- uh, ma'am. I didn't ask you about the testing. I want to talk to my son. He didn't mean to come off rude and his earnest, but he was getting a little—he was getting a strange feeling. The headmistress smiled and gestured into a direction. If you head to the office in that direction, they can help you. Thank you. Don't Oren- go. <laughs> Oren took uh, off in the direction she pointed. He went through a door that uh, read Office Administration. A bald man with the 1920s mustache stood behind a narrow desk how can i help you he blandly asked i want to see my son rollin taylor oh sir the if you tell me (laughs) they are testing you and me and your mustache are going to have issues the man touched his mustache in slight horror and without removing his hand responded mr taylor i'm sorry but it's against recommendations to disturb the kids while they're in the middle of the testing but we have phones in the room um, in, in, in this room to your right that connect to the classrooms. We can put you through to talk to your son. Will that be acceptable? 
Oren gave him a stern look and decided he would comply with this at least. Sure, let's do that. Perfect. You will see the phone's numbered. Please use a phone labeled 8, the man said while with a smile. Without saying anything else, Oren entered the phone room. The phones were strange looking, almost archaic, and each different from the other. He read the numbers, uh, he counted the numbers in his head. Six, seven, eight, okay, eight. There was a chair in front of the table where a phone, or maybe a military-grade communication, Oren wasn't sure, sat making a noise. Oh, maybe it's ringing. He quickly sat down and picked up the phone, picked up the receiver. There was a click and then a voice that said, now connected. Rollin, hi, daddy. The familiar, innocent voice eased Oren. He sighed. How are you, guppy? He affectionately asked him. I'm good. Is dad with you? No, sorry. Dad had an emergency at work. Do, do you need me to come get you? Are you okay? He tried to hide his concern. No, I'm old. Suddenly, the lights flickered and everything went dark for three seconds. Oren looked around the room, looked around the room and realized there was a plethora of windows in the room. What the hell did, was, why the hell did it go dark? What the hell is going on in this school? Rollin, Rollin, the line was dead. He threw the receiver and rushed to the door. Mustache, something is... <laughs> <laughs> Mustache! <laughs> something is... Oren stopped in his tracks as he noticed the man he had impolitely referred to by his facial hair <laughs> was now moving eerily in a slow motion as if his molecules could not catch up with one another. What the... He walked up slowly to him, partly in awe and partly in horror. He almost had the urge to touch him, but thought better of it. He quickly pivoted, uh, uh, pivoted, about to sprint. He needed to find Robin. As he turned, he saw two more people moving in slow motion, Lauren and Chris. They must have, they looked distorted, but he knew who they were. They must have came here after he bolted from the group so they could see Layton. Chills ran through his, chills ran through him and all he could think of is finding Rollin. He entered the hallway and a mysterious silence befell the entire building. No one, no one inhabited the halls as if there was never anyone there. Oren had never had, never been to Rollin's classroom. So he had no idea where to even begin to look for his 10 year old. He had desperately wished uh, Reynard was here. He scrambled for his phone in his pocket. He hurried to the messages and typed, get to Rollins school now to his husband. Unusual. It usually confirms the message when it's sent, but nothing. Damn it. Oren placed the phone back in his pant pocket. He started uh, down the hall trying to find some clues as to where to even begin to look for Rollins. He wandered the hallway with he wandered to a hallway with the under construction sign hanging in front of a tarp. Now, you know, in a horror movie, this is where the person goes and dies. He, re <laughs> he retorted to no one in particular as he pushed the tarp aside slightly to reveal a dimly lit corridor. And you know, we don't go down dark hallways. <laughs> Something told him he would uh, find answers down this hallway. Damn it, he cursed. He wants... He once more retrieved his phone and ignited the light. He sighed, he sighed, thinking to himself, thinking himself silly for even doing this, but he had to find out what was going on and where his son was. 
He entered through the tarp's threshold and instantly regretted this, his decision. Look, whomever is up there, he pointed to the ceiling. Please don't let me be in a protagonist, be a protagonist destined to die in some fucked up story. Oren moved on as he as the silence engulfed him, forcing him to only feel the beating of his heart. The hallway slowly began to decay, nearly dissolving. It's like the structures in the rest of the school, except his was. I'm sorry. It's like the structures in the rest of the school, except this was serious, seriously dilapidated. The further down the hallway, he could swear there was a sound, a buzzing. He's getting close to something, but he wasn't convinced he wanted to meet that source. A purple light began to illuminate. He picked up his pace, curious as to what the what this could mean. The buzzing grew and, aff and affirmed his sanity. Mostly, mostly he wasn't sure if this was really happening, but the light was brighter. The buzzing, a wiring now. It was coming from a room in the back. He stepped through another threshold and found himself in a room with machines and thick wires that looked like they weren't originating from where he was standing. The room was large and freezing, with hundreds of monitors, all glowing a hue of indigo. There was something strange in the monitors. A face? It was digitized, so he wasn't sure. He ventured deeper in the room where he saw a large screen. What was this? Something caught his eye near the, near the smaller monitor. A name. Tamar, Tamar Jarby. He, looks, he looked at another, and the name read Leighton Jackson. He looked at the monitor, and there was digitized face of his, of his son's friend. He had no idea what he was looking at. In a panic, he went looking for the tease. Taylor, Taylor, come on. Out of the corner of his eyes, Oren sees something move. He turns, and a figure stands six feet away from him. Oren yells, but doesn't move, uh, fear crippling all nerves. The figure was a distorted, was so distorted with a bright, with bright white eyes and a purple aura surrounding it. It slowly moved towards Oren, decaying the floor beneath each step it took. But in an instant, it flourished back to normal. The figure was right in front of Oren. No breath, no smell, no heat. Oren's mouth still stuck agape. Surely thought that the creature would decay, would decay him. But in an instant, the figure was gone. Oren blanked, confused. He swiveled, searching for the figure. It appeared in front of the larger monitor, that with its back turned towards him. Who, who are you? What are you? The figure, the figure turned, um, uh, I'm sorry, the figure turned. Turned up. <laughs> the figure turned what Oren suspect to be its head, suddenly seeming more discerning. Oren could almost make out a face. I do not know. The voice even, the vo its voice even distorted. I will find out who I am from these young ones. <laughs> <laughs> the creature presses, bu uh, presses buttons on a console and images of kids who are hooked to machines appear. The image flicks every few seconds, showing more kids prodded and adults in the school all moving as slowly as their molecules try to catch up with them. More images, and Oren sees him, Rollin, hooked up to a machine. Wait, no! How do you plan on finding yourself through other people? From these kids? There are already people, which means they can't be you. The creature seemingly stares at Oren. It turns and st uh, strolls towards him. You're not affected by my field. The, the, the distorted voice rings in Oren's ears, 
almost hard to listen to. Your field. The field that distorts time. It all made sense in that instant. This thing controls time and, it, and, and its end goal is to find itself. Who knows how long it's been doing this? Why am I not affected by your field? I do not know. An anomaly. How long have you been lost, not knowing who you are? Time is a construct. <laughs> so you don't. So you don't know. Look, that's my son. He's a ten-year-old boy who I saw being born. He cannot be you. Can you say the same of the other ones? I don't think they are you either. You're downloading kids' consciousness to whatever this is. It's not going to help you find you. One of them could be me. The one with the blonde hair brings me the consciousness I need to find me. In turn, she keeps hers. The creature turns and heads to the monitor. I must finish the download and search for me. What happens to the consciousness that you that aren't you? Disposal. They are of no use of me. Orin's blood freezes. Wait, I could be you. I'm not affected by your field. Maybe I am you. The creature turns and looks at Orin, intrigued. It cocks his head and then moves towards him. This is a valid possibility, Anomaly. I think I will take your consciousness. Wait, 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 wait. Well, please let my son and the kids go. The creature looks at Orin, then appears um, at the console and presses a button. There. The creature then appears right in front of Orin and aggressively grabs his face. Orin screams. A man in a fitted blue suit bursts through the doors of the school, his brow carrying the faintest of sweat. He frantically scours the front lobby with the kid, with his eyes, breath heavy, almost deranged. He sees no one. Suddenly, a bell rings and the lobby bustles with kids. Dad! A familiar, innocent voice yells at to the man. Robin! The man yells in relief. He crouches to hug the boy. What are you doing here? Daddy said you had a work emergency. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, where is your daddy? I don't know. I was talking to him in the um, on the class phone, and then it went dead. Renard grabs Rollin. Rollin's hand and stands, still searching for a sign of his husband. Someone in a plum suit turns the corner and, stalk, and stalks towards them. Babe, what the hell? I got your tech. What's going on? Oh, nothing, Oren replies. Are you okay? Reynard places his hand gently on Oren's face. Yes, I know who I am. Oren smiles. Reynard looks at his husband confused. What? Let's go home, my loves. Oren heads to the door and looks back at his family. He beckons them to follow. Reynard and Roland join him. Reynard slightly unconvinced grab Oren's hand as the three exit the school. And that is my story. <laughs> Fuck, you were high when you wrote that. <laughs> when, once it got to the A, I was like, oh, this is existential, existential horror movie shit. Oh it my really God. did, though. The whole part where you're like, where you're like what, is, uh, what is consciousness? I am you. I will be the shit. I was like, oh my God. You can't find God. someone within yourself. <laughs> Like, oh, Mark was high. No, it's good though. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. Well, well, that was our, our Halloween segment. 
Yes, guys. I hope you enjoyed our story. If you hated it, let us know. Let us know. It's okay. <laughs> I know it wasn't the greatest story. I wrote it. At what do you mean? That was the best story <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, it's so funny. Well, on that note, friends. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I hope you guys have a good one and you stay safe out there. Yeah. Just listen to this on repeat and all Halloween day. That's what you should do. You should also go and like and subscribe um, on our social media. Oh uh, yeah. At M and J, the letter R, the letter U, okay underscore podcast. And you can find us on, um, you know, Facebook. Yeah. Um, which I should post more on there. But you can find us on there. You can find us on Instagram. Instagram. Um, That's we it. say every week, maybe we'll make a Twitter. But at this point, we probably will make a Twitter. <laughs> okay, I was say, we'll not make one. Or we'll keep telling you guys we're going to make one and just never do it. It's, it'll be our little, our little joke. Our little joke. Our little joke. Um, you can also, you know, leave comments, um, on, um, Apple Music, you know. Oh, yeah. And, um, rate us on there. Um, you can also. Well, it's Apple Podcasts. Oh, Apple Apple Music, sorry. Apple Apple Podcasts. Um, and, you know, submit some questions with that. If you, like, want us to talk about a subject or, um, a show or you want us to watch a movie and talk about it, you know. Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. All right, friends. It's been great. It's been something. It's been something. <laughs> All, right. All right. See you next Wednesday. See you next Wednesday. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.